All right, instead of going down like the Q&A debrief standard race recap that most people do, like I said earlier on, we're going to actually ante it up because we can and it's fun and it's the first rule of master of some, which is there's no rules. And uh, I know I just took that from Fight Club and that's corny, but it's true. I don't give a fuck whatever standard ish you think a podcast is supposed to sound like. I'm going to break that and I'm going to break that going into the next season and the season after because this is my ish and, and Phil ish too. But, it's uh, mainly Darren ish. What is up? I'm Darren, your co-host of Master of Some, a podcast about health and fitness served up as a metaphor for life. If this is your first time listening or you haven't already, please, please hit the subscribe or follow button or whatever you use to listen to us. Make sure that you get alerts when a new episode comes out. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Acast, and a few others. Also, please rate us on whatever app you use and leave a comment. Second to last, if you like any of the music that you hear, you can add it to your device playlist by going to masterofsomepod.com slash music and share that out to all your friends. Lastly, send this podcast or your favorite episode to someone that you think will get some value out of this, as the more people that hear about us, the dopest stuff we can do to then help other people and then the cycle continues forever please note there is a language warning as we sometimes cuss slash curse and i'd hate to put you in an awkward moment if we slip up and use some adult bad words welcome into the last episode of this season we are out of ultra on this one and this is a a cool one or at least we think it's cool because we're actually going to be, you know, obviously the standard Q&A that we do, the interview style where we, we talk about being experts, about being experts on, on being an expert. But we're actually going to go back to little pieces from the last five episodes of the season and go, hey, how do you feel about that now, Phil? That thing that you said, you know, a few weeks ago or a few months ago. How do you feel about that after the race? This is going to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't do too much prep on this. We usually do a lot of prep, but um, yeah, we'll see how this goes. Um, we did leave the last episode on a cliffhanger, so we got to resolve that tension. Can't can't leave tension going. People get stressed out. Um, so Phil, what happened? What happened at the end of the race? So sum it up. So the, very very put very very briefly. I think I mentioned last episode. I kind of smashed my quads, and then there was that 8, 8K downhill run at Kadumba, um, which I smashed my quads even further. Um, and basically, the last 10K of the race, I had to uh, fairly well walk it. Like, just my running um, was kind of painful to the point of, not injury painful, but just muscle damage. Like, I, I felt like if I ran... It might cause a some kind of like tear or spray, like something could go wrong. Mm. Um, and to be honest, it was painful to the point where my run was no faster than it was like it was like dads running in a car park when they can't remember <laughs> where they parked the car and they think it's stolen. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> it, it's like a shuffle that's not quite a run, and, yeah. and it was no faster than honestly just having a bit of a march. Yeah. So it turned into a march in the last in the last ten k, um, in the dark, which was which was fine. Uh, and and look, the tall and short of it is, I I didn't make the under fourteen hours. I uh, uh, sort of fourteen and a half. I'm sorry, um, man. 
oh, look, it's fine. Um, that was a goal. Like, uh, you go into a race and uh, people who go into any race and say they have, don't have a time expectation in mind are psychos or liars. They just want to finish with a smile on their face, Phil. They are lying. Don't hate on the general public. No, they're lying. Every last one of them. <laughs> Everyone who goes into a race has some number in mind. Fair. And fair. If, if you don't... Mm. Anyway, so... I'm with you. No, because you drill down on people and they're like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. No, they just don't, yeah. they don't want to put it out there and that's yeah. fine. And they might want to keep it secret and that's fine too. Or they might want to talk about it for six episodes on a podcast and then not do it. <laughs> I honestly don't think you talked about the belt buckle. I think uh, I think you told me that. I don't think we actually talked about your time. No, you right? did early on. I'm sure did. I did. I'm sure. Yeah. Spoiler. Anyway. I, I, I don't think I listened after one time. Yeah, so I don't, I, I don't remember something. Fair. I actually go like, wait, we said that in an episode? I'm like, yeah, holy I know, shit. I know. Well, the, this whole episode's that, right? It's like you, it's springing <laughs> shit I said. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's fine. Honestly, like I, I had the goal in mind. It would have been nice. Um, but uh, if I felt, I've, if it was a mental failure, I would have been more disappointed with myself. You know, I, I, I felt like apart from the you know the the training failure of not doing enough downhill which caused the thing so it was a planning failure like it's all on me like i could have done it if i'd have if i'd have trained differently um self accountability yeah if i'd have trained differently if i'd have executed differently then then i could have done it um if i go back again i'm sure i could do it so there's there's nothing that i don't feel any great need to go back again anytime soon i might do i don't know i haven't decided yet um but yeah no i i, I didn't make it but i'm okay with that Cool. You told me something about getting bored earlier and um, how it was long and how you would have you would have done something differently. So actually, sorry, that was the other question. Um, tell me a little bit more about like it being boring and and was there anything you would have done differently? Uh, what do you think you did correctly? I know you touched on that, so maybe yeah. just like a quick quick summary of that. About the, maybe more about the board thing. Ignore those two questions. The boring is more the style of racing for that long. Um, it feels less like race, and this probably just speaks to my level because if you're fast, it's I'm sure it's racing. Yeah, like uh, was it Killian? Uh, yeah, if you're Killian Jornet or you're <laughs> you know um, you're Brendan Davies or you whoever like you Scott Jurek, you, you you're racing, but. Uh, and even the the guys and girls who are super fast, who you know ended up coming in the top ten, they're they're all racing the race. Um, it didn't feel like a race to me; it just felt like a war of attrition, um, yeah. which was fine. Um, but I think I'm more suited to kind of the fifty k distance, which feels more like racing to me. Which I mean, it's still a long ass run, <laughs> but um, that actually feels like I can race the whole thing and I can run it. And th- this just didn't feel as exciting to me as a style of racing. So that's all. Just a preference thing. Some people love it. I get it. Um, cool. And I'm not done with it. Uh, again. Um, yeah, that was actually my next question. Uh, would you do it again? I think it's funny because when we talked, uh, we, we did a debrief a few weeks ago. When sure. You were at my house and you said, you said, it's boring. I don't want to do it again. And then in that same breath, you went, I want to do it again because I don't want to do it again. And I was like, what? <laughs> well, it's not one is not a trend, right? Like, so I. What do you I, mean one is not? Oh. I don't have, I don't have multiple data points. I have one <laughs> data point, right? So, oh, you scientist, you. Well, I don't know that. I don't know that ultra racing is boring. I don't know that 100Ks are boring. I know this one was kind of boring. Yeah. So, but that's the, the I could race the next one and it could be an entirely different experience so yeah. that's like trying, trying one pizza and deciding you hate pizza 
times. I always say I try everything twice. You know, everyone's sure. like, try everything once. I'm like, you got to do it twice. You got to do it twice. Yeah. yeah it's totally yeah. different, you know, like, and the second time you know what to expect. So yeah. it could be better, awesome, worse, you know, like. That's right. Uh, so I think there's, um, I'm almost certain I'll, over the course of my life, I'll do it m- 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 at least one. I'll do this that sort of distance at least once more. Cool. Like whether I do it next year, whether I just decide, forget, I'm going to go back and go under 14 hours because I think I'll, I'll have a better strategy and I'll know what I'm letting myself in for. Um, or whether I leave it a few years or whatever, whatever the, or just do a completely different race, whatever the case might be. I'm pretty sure I'll do it again at some point. But um, yeah, because one is not one is not a trend, right? One is just this one was boring. What's your sweet spot with? With racing, with these, these trail racing, do you have one? Is the 50K your sweet spot? Is it 22.2K, whatever that... I think 50K is a good sweet spot. Because you've, you've done a bunch of those, right? Yeah, a gang of them now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I quite enjoy that distance. It doesn't seem like a big deal to me anymore. Like, yeah. f- 50K. Like, I did, like, two 50K races in pretty quick succession. Um, yeah, it just doesn't... Yeah, I, I quite like it. Cool. Yeah. Instead of going down like the Q&A debrief standard race recap that most people do, like I said earlier on, we're going to actually ante it up because we can and it's fun and it's the first rule of Master of Some, which is there's no rules. And uh, I know it's just a different fight club and that's corny, but it's true. I don't give a fuck. Whatever standard shit you think a podcast is supposed to sound like, I'm going to break that and I'm going to break that going into the next season and the season after. Because this is my shit and, and Phil's shit too. But, uh, Mainly down shit. Give zero fucks. So let's or have fun shits. with it. Or two shits. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, go back to episode five for that one. Um, <laughs> so, with all that said, uh, let's actually go back in time. Ooh, got the, the, the going back in time sound effect. Yeah, I got to find that one. The, the Wayne's World one. <laughs> That's it? Do, do, do. Let's do it. Let's do it. Amazing, I think I've waited all my life for that. So we're going back in time, two months before, in a world and a place, Phil's Attic, where we record most episodes and revisit the past studio. It's a studio, it's an official studio. (laughs) It is a studio, it is a studio. Uh, We revisit the past five episodes from this season, some of our very confident statements some of my and, nonsense <laughs> and see if they hold water after the race spoiler alert it doesn't <laughs> actually I think they do episode one I, com- I completely agree and that, that sort of ties into that ties into the next part which is um, kind of dragon slaying it gives you a dragon to slay and you know if you listen to uh, like Jordan Peterson has some great points to make on this like this seems to be hardwired into the zeitgeist of, of kind of human culture the the overcoming obstacles having having adversity having difficulty overcoming and and growing as a person while you do um it is is seems to be fundamental to to human nature we 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 seemed hardwired to do that um so i think having a healthy dragon to slay um is 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 kind of part of my part of my why um for sure um, and and it, and and part of that is is sharpening my motivation to push myself in training. You know, exactly as you were saying before, if I had no specific goal, would I go out and do a six hour training run? 
Pr- probably not. But will going out and doing a six-hour training run take me to some places that I've not been before? Will it push me out of my comfort zone? Will it force me to do something difficult? And will I grow as a person? Yeah. Phil, you just talked about slaying the dragon and it breaking you or seeing if it's going to break you. Yeah. Did it? Physically, yes. Mentally, no. So I'm going to give that a no, it didn't. I mean, I finished. I didn't finish in an awful, awful time either. Like, I still came in the top, what, 20% of the race, I think? Something like that? Like, in terms of finishing positions? Um, 20th place? No, percent. Percentile. So 80th percentile, right? Yeah, whatever, whatever way you, you want to flip. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, no, and I felt mentally strong the whole the whole way round. And honestly, if my legs were cooperating, I would have run the rest of the way. So yeah, physically, it, physically, it broke me down, but I felt mentally strong. So no, it didn't break me, and I didn't want to stop at any point. Cool. So I really do love how you you said that from the first episode that clip. Because it goes back to our whole Stoic Ways, which is the last episode from season one. I think yeah. it was just called Stoicism yeah. slash Fear Setting. Um, and I've been deep diving into suffering. And I did a blog post about joy versus um, happiness. Mm. And how joy is the long-sustained suffering. And happiness is the um, the short, in, in my definition, happiness is the, the short match. So then I realized that suffering leads to purpose so you then wanting it to see if it breaks you you going through the suffering it gives you purpose it gives everyone purpose so um i, I really do appreciate you doing that yeah uh i'm not sure i yeah anyway yeah cool yeah, you, do you sure. agree disagree do you understand uh, i'm not gonna get into the whole <laughs> it's me- semantics. metaphysical it's semantics. semantics about the about the meaning we put behind purpose and suffering and stuff like that so um sure sure okay <laughs> Episode two. All right, so we've gone through the what in episode one, season season two, and we just spoke about the the why. Now, how do you know? How do you know that you can accomplish it, do it in whatever way you want, just like Whitney Houston? How do you know? How do you know? <laughs> Amazing. It's a good song. I don't know the song. Oh, it will be playing. Okay, good. It will be playing in this podcast. Good. Yeah. I just, I'll try and <laughs> over the background now. But um, what well, you never, you never know, no, like the, the, you know, to have certainty that you can do something you've never done before, but you can believe. Oh my god, that sounded like a uh, that sounded like a start of a Disney movie, didn't it? It's like you never know, but you can believe in yourself. Um, the, so there's a bunch of. Uh, I mean, going back to your example before, so your trail running ultra friend who's never run a road marathon before, when you're just switching up context a little bit, you can be pretty confident. Like, so, you know, he's run 100K, going to a road marathon, okay, he might not smash it, it might be boring, whatever, whatever, but he's probably going to finish. And same thing for me, you know, I've done, you know, Ironman triathlon, so doing a... um, uh, doing an adventure race for four hours wasn't particularly scary. So there's that kind of difference where you're just switching up context. But when it's completely out of the realm of anything you've put your body through before. So for me, this time that falls into that category. It's running 100 kilometers. The most I've ever run is 50 on the same course. Um, so th- this is very different. So 
while I can't know there's a bunch of signals you can pay attention to um, that give you a good indication, I guess you can benchmark against folk who've done it before for the first time. So, you know, following training programs from people who've coached athletes to do the event before can give you a good amount of certainty. So if you're if you're following a training pl- a program that, you know, 100 people have done to use uh, to you know and used to great success running their their first hundred then that can give you a degree of uh, a degree of certainty but at the end of the day you, you have to go off blind faith a little bit i think that you can you can do it and you know that leads into some interesting questions i guess about mental conditioning and, and how you uh how you frame the race and how you treat your treat your mind leading in so phil did you thinking you would know and not know no help you know if you would finish no uh no clearly not i wasn't i wasn't a million miles from the mark i think i was i think i was you know within a degree of a, you know tolerance of error like over the uh, you know close enough to a guesstimate about what i would do i wasn't like thinking i would do under 14 hours and then ended up at 20 you know it was thinking i might do under 14 hours and end up at 14 and a half so pretty good um, it was yeah close enough so yeah you never know no but you can kind of you know put a put a sort of marker there to some extent cool yeah. i um i i applaud anyone doing race like that marathon fucks me up because you actually can't do the marathon distance in your training runs um sorry as far as like marathoners like at that speed at the speed uh, yeah like, like not, not yeah. i know you did over 42ks for your mm. long runs but yeah um you you get into that 50 60k territory even um our guest from the the professional um, Anna Marie. Anna Marie, uh, you know, she even she's not doing 100k runs to train for. Um, you know what? I wouldn't be shocked if she was. She's she's a beast. I think she said it. She said she, no, she doesn't do anything not. more than 60. No, yeah. no, I, so, don't, I don't um, think so. It, it it doesn't make me feel comfortable to do a to not to only do 60 percent of the distance. Mm. So for you to know based on you know previous training and your experience and, and research, which I call my discovery process, which we'll go into in the near future. Um, yeah. That's that's cool, man. Congrats, dude. Props. Yeah. Um, Kudos, as Strava would say. Oh, yeah, I was happy enough with the guess. Episode three. So uh, in terms of gear, like I'm, I'm training with a backpack as well. So I'm running with uh, I'm running with my backpack with like filled with like race equipment as well. So I'm simulating that. So that's not new on race day and doesn't cause me any weird un- untoward uh, issues and problems. Um, stability is a massive thing as well. As I said, you, you're running on you're running on trails. Um they're you know they're fairly dangerous i've fallen over in trail races you know numerous times and never done anything serious but you know if you kind of fall on a rock in a wrong fashion it's quite easy to twist an ankle or break something so um as well as the uh, the kind of usual strength training i'm doing i'm doing a lot more stability training so this is um kind of balance it's standing on one leg like moving a kettlebell around myself it's doing standing on one leg punches it's doing a lot more um uh, plyometrics so jumping exercises and things of that nature just to get um uh, stability and and strength in those areas um up to where it needs to be for the race because 
this is one reason I recommend trail running for Ironman athletes as well, because simulating what you're going to feel like in the last 10K of a um, Ironman marathon, when your body starts breaking down, your muscles start breaking down, and you start having to recruit uh, muscle groups that you that you just haven't done in training before because you haven't been to that place. Very similar to trail running as well over this sort of distance. I'm going to be you know, my body's going to start pulling, (laughs) calling on muscles that I just haven't in training. So that's why strength training, cross training and stability training are are so fundamental and important to, to that as well. So that's the kind of package that I'm mainly focusing on at the moment. So did any of that, the, you know, being prepared with the gear and the backpack and running with all that and the, the the one legged kettlebell, passing between your legs like a, a basketball NBA player. Did, sure. did that help you? Did that actually help? Uh, do you you want to do more of that in the future, less of that? I think that was the one of the aspects that was uh, the, the stability and the gear testing and stuff that worked really, really well. So gear, no problems. Um, no chafing. Uh, you know what? One tiny blister on the like near the back of my heel that I, did, I didn't even notice during the race. Impressive. No toenails missing. Um, no chafing, uh, upper body felt fine. Yeah. So, uh, the gear all worked and functioned as it should. So all of that super happy with, um, yeah. Um, shout out to all of the equipment manufacturers that I bought shit off. Um, so that was all, that was all <laughs> fine. Um, and then, um, in terms of stability stuff, yeah. Um, no rolled ankles, no, um, you know, uh, um, no wobbles in that in that respect. I mean, the the muscular endurance thing for the downhill running again was is the one caveat there. But I think that's a running thing, not a. I don't think more strength and conditioning would have would have helped there. I think that that's that was a lack of downhill run training. So again, I'll I'll kind of caveat that. Um, but the rest of it, I was um I was happy with. Yeah. So the the stability work, I I I definitely do again. Um, and I think I did it in about the right amount as well because it's only so much you really want to do and detract from sports-specific stuff. It was that meme from uh, Ultra Running Memes. It was, uh, I just put it in our Instagram stories. Uh, and it was like, it had a, what's his name? Uh, the, the Phil? Uh, no, what's the guy's name? The old man? Uh, Hide the Pain Harold. Yeah, Hide the Pain Harold. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, uh, it was like all those crunches and ab work that you're reading about. Like, you know, really doesn't help you run faster, you yeah. know, at the end of the day. And um, to run faster or better, you yeah. need to run. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Episode four. Because hypermobile sounds like it would be good. Because, I don't know, maybe that's just, you know, the language we're conditioned to in society. Oh, you're hypermobile. Well, shit, yeah. that's better than regular mobile. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be, right? It's yeah. Um, yeah, except that it's sort of, uh, yeah, you get less protection from your joints, I guess. Okay. And also takes a lot longer for your l- ligaments to realize, because you get your, your proprioceptors are in your ligaments. So those, those are cells in your body which tell you when your joint is rolling one direction, so your joint where your joints are in space. Yeah. So if you're about to roll your ankle, you just get that little bit of time delay where you don't feel it going, and then that can be enough just to make you go all the way. Mm. Whereas we, with the stiff people, we get we know straight away, and so we, our muscles click on and they correct us. Right. So um, very cool. That would explain my because I I've always been told I'm really tight. I need to stretch more, but I don't roll ankles. Yeah. And I have really good balance. Yeah. Like I can like 
like I'm like twitching. I know no one can see this right now, but uh, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so that's that's really good for trail running. Like obviously yeah. you're on unstable surfaces the whole time. Yeah. But it it is up to a point, obviously, because if you're really stiff, then you also can't accommodate for the different, um, mm. I guess, uh, terrain and the different heights and all that sort of thing. And you don't have as much spring in your joints as well. So, you know, there is a point. There's a nice middle ground, which which you um, are in. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's good. Um, and... Uh, but there are some people who are, who are extremely stiff and they will get other things like, um, you know, they might just get cramping and problems with um, imbalances in terms of like one joint might be really much more stiff than the other and that can play a, play a part, yeah. So this is a, more of a recent one. Good old Paula Luke, the body fixer. Shout outs, go see her if you are a triathlete in the Sydney area. Because she's dope and she, she fixes is. Phil all the time. So did her general advice. I, I love that clip. Obviously, you couldn't play the whole episode. I mean, we could play. Go and listen to the whole episode. Yeah, if you go, have it, go back and listen to it. Or just it. listen to it again. Um, we know you, everyone has all the time in the world. Uh, but, you know, that I love that that kind of epiphany of, oh, wow, you want to be a bit stiff and not too flexible, mm. especially for, you know, the type of sport that we do. Yeah. Um, you know, did her general advice help you? Yeah, absolutely. And just what she's been doing, do you feel like that was that was definitely? I mean, this is a this is a pretty uh, unanimous. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, of course, uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of things um, went to see her sort of on the preventative side because I had had Achilles problems in the past, so I went to see her kind of proactively. It's like, hey, how does everything kind of look and feel down there? Do I, you know, uh, you had that toe thing. We didn't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, actually. Did we not? I don't oh. think we did. I can't remember. So I had, um, so during the Jabalani. Maybe we did. <laughs> well, whatever, we'll say it again. But yeah. like, yeah, during the Jabalani challenge, which was a uh, um, uh, kind of 40, 44, 48, I don't know, whatever, kilometer race um, just outside of Sydney. Um, yeah, weird pain in like the, the kind of like on the bottom of my foot. Um, and it wasn't like acute, I what you know, it wasn't like I just stabbed it on a rock or something like that. You thought you broke your toe. I thought I could have. You, yeah. you were like, you were like, dude, I broke my toe. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was well, like, that's harsh, man. It was pretty painful. It was pretty painful. And what it turns out, uh, what it turned out to be after Paula kind of um, prodded around and kind of found the thing was because I had a like I've got what's called Morton's toe, which basically means my the toe next to my big toe is like kind of freakily long like it's longer than it should be it's not no, like a little I'm a, toe the hook toe right yeah whatever yeah. the second toe is from yeah the, yeah um it's not like i'm a raptor or anything but it's longer than it should be <laughs> um and what was happening was if you can imagine it's kind of pushing up against the, the ed, at the end of my shoes and kind of bending and that bending is putting pressure on the metatarsal so just behind the ball of my foot like that's where there was uh, some inflammation. So it wasn't torn. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't broke. There was nothing broken, but um, it was inflamed back there. So um, yeah, she gave me these metatarsal domes to put in my shoe, which fixed it out. Um, I got some new running shoes. So I I, I swapped out the ones I, that I was using, which had, had done me fine, but I think just the volume I was doing, again, it's that, um, that chronic sort of injury when you're doing a lot of something and you've got a little thing that's wrong. You know, if I was just doing 10K training and doing, you know, 
um, maybe 50k a week, uh, 40k a week of running. Like I don't think that would have been a problem, or it hasn't been in the past. But for for this kind of volume, like clearly it flared. Um, so yeah, she fixed that. Paula in general is great. So yeah, um, I I listened to her advice and I was injury free for the race. Boom. Episode five. And when you come into the aid stations and Michelle and I are there, what do you want? us to do or what do you want us not to do um don't be cheerleaders i don't i don't need encouragement i i don't know what i want you to do i don't honestly i don't know that i need anybody there interview me get some get some sound for the podcast that's that's kind of it like yeah i'm not i'm i'm not the sort I think I I'm such a mismatcher that when people are like, "Oh, you're doing well, you're smashing it," I'm, my mind's just like, "Shut up, no, I'm not." Like, so yeah, no, no, no encouragement. Just how are you feeling? Ask quite ask questions more than anything. So don't assume I want anything. Just ask, "Do you need anything? Do you want anything?" And if I do, I'll tell you. That'd be the that'd be honestly the the best and most helpful thing. All right, so Phil, it's a three parter. And we're nearing the end of this episode. So uh, I now somehow have a cold. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I sound slightly different. I'm just going to point that one out. (laughs) I'm wearing a different (laughs) T-shirt. I've had a haircut. Got a big beard now. Um, What did you learn from that race? Because we've just listened to the whole season kind of we recapped it you know the the highlights and kind of going did that prove to be true a hypothesis and all that yeah um what did you learn from the whole season like if you sum it up in one or two sentences what do you think you like what you get out of it you still make i still made assumptions which turned out to not be true about the training and racing so not doing enough downhills so I, i you know i assumed that would be fine turns out wasn't so making assumptions test as many of them as you can i think is the is the main is the main lesson there um running 100 kilometers is kind of boring that was lesson number two yeah you talked about that earlier yeah yeah um and that was it that was it that was it All yeah right. well here I'll, I'll, I'll go a bit deeper to someone that's you know listening and they might be interested or they have done you know an Ironman or a marathon where they spend three months six months a year for me it was four years training for a marathon sure broke it up obviously in multiple parts uh, when you finally reach that objective goal whatever you 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 finish the thing or whatever you want to do what's next like how do you how do you plan for what's next is that where they need to go back to episode one season one and then they need to go to the last episode stoicism is that fear setting is that is that a thing i I think they i think they definitely should go and listen to good goals episode one season one um i'm thinking i'm thinking side note sure i'm thinking that we need to like do the v2 version of good goals yeah moving forward yeah i think it'll be yeah i I think i think so too i think so too (laughs) which will just be us playing it backwards now i've still got i've got some actually some more thinking on goal setting now same but um yeah um so yeah so how do how does someone set themselves up to not feel like oh my god i'm hollow i have nothing to work for i have nothing to live for sure those first few weeks post post iron man post 
marathon post ultra race okay well for a start if all you are having to live for is training for a ironman or a, or an ultra race you need to go to a park bench a really lonely sad one and have a cry um he doesn't mean that we 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 support you and email us if you have issues because we can get I'm, you proper help i'm 100 percent joking <laughs> It may not sound like it. No, it does it. It does. You don't have like the fun, laughy voice like me. Like, no, no. You just sound I straight do not deadpan, have... and it's like <laughs> Phil not... wants me to like do harm to myself. <laughs> that is the furthest thing from true. No, um, I would personally um, advise a little bit of space from from the race. So don't go into don't go into setting goals um, while you're still on the kind of post race euphoria wave. Um, so I would give it a you know at least a few days, a week, or, or, or enough time for you to get some distance from what you what you just did. Yeah, there's uh, there's actually the theory. Sorry to interrupt, but there's a theory of like uh, before you analyze it, give yourself some, some space, right? Yeah, yeah. So don't yeah. even plan like even the analyzation. Don't analyze the minute you're done with the race. Look at your Strava, you know, yeah, splits and all that, right? Yeah, for sure. And and people um, have a tendency, especially if they didn't achieve the goal that they wanted to, to like dive in and sign up for another one straight away. The amount of Ironman athletes I've seen do that, like they don't qualify for Kona and then they'll just go and sign up for the next available Ironman. Yep. That happens. Yep. So I would advise not doing that. Um, take some space and then and then honestly just, just go through what the next meaningful thing is for you. Like it, it's kind of simple like one doesn't and one doesn't have to follow on from the other so this is the sunk cost fallacy because i have like i haven't run much in the last like four weeks like i've been lifting weights oh we're saying, we're saying time Ooh. what's that we keep our shit evergreen bro we don't talk time oh, okay whatever um <laughs> but you said you get jacked you oh got, no you no traps. you got no, traps no but just because it's fun it's oh, fun yeah, like it's fun for me at the moment like I'm not really thinking about it too much I'm just having a I'm just having like a li- literal you know four weeks five weeks of like off season just doing some weights and mucking about I'm still running but you know am I obsessed with maintaining the 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 huge base volume that got me to 100k no i couldn't care less so that's the other thing people uh, um people don't want to let go of the fitness they had um, they don't want to go let go of that like super Ironman, you know, beast fitness, um, and so they'll carry on training for triathlon, even though they they might be done with it. Like so, the sunk cost fallacy I think is huge. And then just go through usual goal setting. Like, is it meaningful to you? Um, is it ecological? Um, all Five the rest wise. of it. Five whys, yeah. Like, yeah. W- w- like, why are you doing it? No, seriously, why are you doing it? And why is that? Why is that important to you? And why is that meaningful to you? Um, yeah, just have a have a dig in and think what's next. I think it's great to have goals and and you know something to direct your energy to and a dragon to slay. So, um, but just give yourself some space from the first dragon. Um, don't think that the first dragon has anything to do with the next dragon. Um, and we're, and then, we're not talking about Daenerys Targaryen. And then she, don't get your dragon shot by those scorpion things, which in one episode fuck. were like the most lethal thing to dragons on the earth. And then the next one, they were like nerf guns for some reason. <laughs> Great writing, guys. Um, and it never hit the one that she was riding. Hey, remember when Jon Snow's dragon just stopped helping at the Battle of Winterfell? <laughs> Fucking Game of Thrones. So yeah, uh, but you know what? You know what actually is a good example because uh, I'm all about the practical, tactical. A good example is if you go and read uh, Mark Allen. If you go read Iron War, uh, probably read one of his books that Mark Allen may have written or someone's written about him. 
So from October, mid-October, early October, whatever Iron Man is dud. Yeah. Till January 1 for, I think, eight or nine years, however long he's pro. Yeah. He would literally do no type of triathlon training. Yeah. No specific. He would just surf. Yeah. All fucking awesome. day because he could. He didn't yep. probably have to work. I don't know. Um, and he would hang out with his family, eat whatever he wanted. He would turn off for literally almost 12 weeks, three months. Yep. And come back in and do base for three or four months of Moffatode low heart rate training. Sure. And, you know, kind of like, you know, if you keep up with it, you should start higher than where you started the season before. Or the, the the phase before you you should start slightly higher. Sure. Like you obviously not be exactly with tip top, but you'll be slightly ahead. Yeah. So that's you know you're gonna be slightly ahead, and then you know obviously you compound the years that happens. But uh, but yeah, that's that's just do do some fun shit. If you're like me and Phil, where you can't just sit around, no one should ever sit around for longer than a few weeks after a big event because it's just unhealthy. A few days, like just move, even walk, yoga, yeah. yoga like just, yeah, like, even. But yeah, if you want to just turn off for a week or two, that's fine. But after that, just for your general health, just do the exact opposite of play fucking. If you like, if you play basketball twenty years ago, play basketball again. Yeah, you know, like uh, soccer. Or whatever. Try something new. Use it as a, a window to just like pick up a new sport and see if you like it. Absolutely. Um. So the last thing is, what are you doing then? As far as it's a good segue to maintenance. I know that you're. You said you're trying to finally break sub 40 minute 10K. You're getting into my territory. You're running fast and short. Easy. Yeah. Easy. Um, so what, what's, what's going on? How are you? Uh, yeah, I'll do what are you that. Doing? How are you doing it? Um, I'll, I'll do that. I'll, I think I'll f- follow a pretty basic um, like Matt Fitzgerald's 80-20 um, training protocol for um, for 10K. So 20, 20% VO2 max um, kind of stuff, lots of sprints, and then 80% kind of uh, – you know, more, um, uh, zone two, uh, endurance training. Um, and then supplement that just with, um, you know, some cycling for fun. And like, honestly, I'm quite enjoying lifting weights and just being in the gym just, yeah. and just cause I've, I've always liked doing it. I just find it really satisfying. I, it is. I really, I really like lifting weights. Yeah. Just, I'm not bothered. About, I, I don't want to get huge. Like, yeah. um, I just, I just really enjoy like squats and deadlifts and stuff. So, yeah. I'm, so I'm doing that cause I can. Same, same. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Like, whatever the off season right now, I've been pretty much my off season for a couple of reasons. But uh, I'm just maintaining at the gym. And if I decide to do, I usually do two sets. Yeah. Uh, for maintenance, three sets is kind of to to either build uh, power or strength or. or sure. Well, I never try to bulk, but uh, I might go and do that third set. I do some random hit, thirty seconds of push ups yeah. to pull ups. Jesus, totally yeah. different. Like, I, I actually like how like. Uh, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, 30 seconds of push-ups. That's nothing. <laughs> salt Bay. Yeah, absolute. There's a Salt Bay meme. I know you can't see it, and just, we might link it. But, uh, just making up intervals. But I'm, I'm in literally making so up my intervals. Same, like, same. It's like, I go like, ooh, I might jump rope over here and do some side lunges over here. And, uh, yeah. my, my new favorite made-up interval at the moment is um, battle ropes, then deadlifts. So there's battle ropes at the gym, nice. which I'm, I love them. Like I think they're so much fun. So yeah. I've been using the battle ropes and then go into um, to a hex bar deadlift. Nice. Dude, Hex is the shit, man. It's the fucking shit. You know, you could actually, side rant, we're going to end this episode, but yeah. you could actually, if you only have one thing and you have very limited space in your house, the Hex Bar deadlift does so much shit. Yeah. And if you don't have a squat rack, you can't put a squat rack in your house, the Hex Bar deadlift is the thing because you could obviously deadlift with it. Yeah. You could do calf races. You could do squats. Yeah. Uh, there's like... 10 other exercises you could do with that damn thing I like would, it's so I would buy versatile. one of the, yeah yeah, yeah like beyond, that, beyond kettlebells I still think I still think for a full body workout in a in a space sensitive home 
like a couple of kettlebells. Pretty, yeah, pretty. fair, fair. Because you could with kettlebells, you could do hit. I just, I just like to just put the weight on it, just do some deep squats. Yeah, just get it in. Like the, you can't get that with a kettlebell. But no, true. But that, that hex bar is amazing. Yeah, I yeah. think it goes kettlebell and then hex bar, def, hex bar for home. Yeah, for yeah, home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you, Phil, for us for using your story and you as a guinea pig to create a narrative sequence of episodes. Um, I've been wanting to do that for a while, and thank you for giving yourself up for that. Yeah, it was more uncomfortable than the race. Um, <laughs> he my, hated uh, talking about himself. My British sensibilities were offended pretty much every episode. <laughs> but hopefully you all learned from my stupidity. Nah, and, that, and was, that's the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> it was great, man. Um, you, you did something really cool. I, I feel like my half marathon story... Uh, may have fallen a bit flat. Uh, my no, you went fast. You went fast. You I achieved fast. your goal. You didn't fail like I did. You didn't fail, bro. All right. I'm not saying it's bad, but you know. And we're jerking each other up again. Yeah. Is it? Is yeah. it circle jerk? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Just um, to finish off the episode. I love strong. you. I love, <laughs> you. love you, you too. Love me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, man. Thank you again for for doing it. Congratulations. Um, as if you don't know, that was a a narrative of sorts, a hybrid of sorts to where we had a succinct kind of idea in the beginning of the season to tell a story over the course of six episodes. And moving forward, we actually have some some more experimental cool shit. We're going to try a bunch of really different shit. Yeah. Um, more narrative exploration, probably a bunch more production yeah. going into it. And um, I don't want to give away exactly what we're going to do because we might not do it that way, but get ready for just a shit ton of like, cool audio yeah two um, shits or zero fucks exactly yeah. so we'll end it with that go back and listen to the first episode good goals because we peaked then <laughs> that was depresses me every time i think about it it's like really was the best episode it's we've a good done. episode yeah and um then go listen to stoicism because i'm i'm just big on stoicism these days so you can that like, wasn't you can, bad you can follow up goal setting with fear setting yeah. You know, like, just do that. Just go back and forth. If you... And then go listen to all the episodes with our with our friends and guests. Yeah, yeah. Um, go listen to Emo. Go listen to Paula. Go listen to Anna Marie. Exactly. They were all awesome. Um, this feels like, you know, like the end of the SNL episodes where, like, they're playing the music and everyone's, like, hugging. Yeah, okay. Like, I feel like one of those. You know night, the end? Night, Jim Bob. Like, or the end of, like, what was that show? Little House on the Prairie. Uh, I'm going to do a slow fade out on this, but, yeah, there's probably, I'm going to come in and do my narration tell you to listen to my music and subscribe so uh do it peace everyone see ya and that's it as always we really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us ramble about shit that we think you could find of interest and that we find of interest and hopefully help everyone out there. Again, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share on whatever you use to listen to us. If you have any questions or concerns or even suggestions for episodes or hell, if you want to be on the show, hit us up on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or talk some shit at masterofsomepod.com. If you like any of the music that you heard this episode, please feel free to add it to whatever device on whatever platform you use, Spotify, Apple Music, or SoundCloud. Just go to masterofsomepod.com slash music and share with all the folks that you think would like it. Don't worry if you didn't get that. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you so much. Peace.
Thank you.